Yo, yo, welcome back to the Locks Lounge with your boy, your host, Tim Nicholas. Tonight, I am super excited because I am here in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, a little suburb in, in uh, Fort Worth in Dallas called Arlington. And I'm telling you, with your boy not being from here, it's still kind of new to understand different places in Dallas and Fort Worth. But nonetheless, we are here in Arlington, Texas tonight, where I'm with my boy, Damian Henderson. What's up, Damian? How's it going? How's it going? What's going on, man? Now, let me just tell y'all a little bit about my boy, Damian, over here. Damien is a 40-year-old master barber and groomer from Fort Worth, Texas, so he's a local guy. Man, you know, he's a stylish brother, as you can see. He got the tight suit on, you know what I'm saying? So, hey, man, he's, he's definitely doing his thing out here in the community, just trying to make his stamp, his claim, and trying to make his claim to fame. So, Yes, sir. So, very happy to be, have you on to the show, man. I'm glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Just tell us how you became a barber and just, you know, just a little bit about yourself. I uh, grew up in Fort Worth, born and raised. Um, just in and out of different jobs uh, around the, I think the, um, who was that? We had Bill Clinton first. It was like, I could get a job. I was changing jobs like draws. <laughs> so, but then soon as, uh, what was it, Bush. Soon as uh, baby son Bush got in. Oh man, it took me like three weeks, maybe a month to find a job. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I gotta do something different. Mm -hmm. um, my mom and my girlfriend at the time, they were like, why don't you go to barber school? Cause I have been cutting hair since um, high school. Okay. So they were like, why don't you go to barber school? So I was like, okay, well, let me try it out. So I go, and 17 years later, I've been in the game like that. And killing the game out yeah, here. Yeah. Man, I remember uh, maybe about four years ago, I came to you okay. as, as a client, man. I, remember. I was Yeah. And, and of course, I wasn't locked up or anything <laughs> at that point then. You know, I definitely had that, that, uh, that even Steven Caesar around, you know, and, uh, and you definitely hooked, hooked me up, man. So I remember back then, I think that was the first time that I had. Um, had like like enhancements or heard of enhancements, okay. you know, during that time. Yeah. So, you know, it's just crazy how the barber game just has evolved over the years. Definitely evolved. You know, even even with enhancements, like tell people about that, man. Like even how the game has evolved into like enhancements and stuff. You know, a lot of people think it's just for people who are receding or bald headed, but these youngsters like it. I have youngsters come to me and they like, hey, you do the black spray, uh, you do the. Uh, the, the uh, outline of the edge up with the pencil yeah. and I'm like yeah I got you man I got you so um it's definitely trending amongst the youngsters as well as the uh, the older uh, people mm -hmm. uh, people just want to look good and feel good you know uh, some people disguise it you know maybe for a mess up but uh, me in particular I mean I do the line first then I go back over with the enhancements to make sure I got it uh, proper um, but I even do it on myself. Mm -hmm. It makes my edge up sharp and crisp, so I like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, a brother love after he get gets the uh, haircut. When you have that white line yeah. going in between, you yeah. know he done got you sharp. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get it completely, bro. Right, you, right. you want that sharp line. Right. <laughs> what they say when, um, when you come home and the woman's like zaddy. And stick our tongue out. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what you want. Yeah, we want that. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. You yeah. do. You wanted. To, you wanted to lick the line off, right, honestly. Right. You know? yeah. 
you know, and that's that's true, man. You know, you know, I, you can relate to this. Guys like us, we want to look good. Yeah. When we look good, we feel good. True. When we feel good, we're more productive. True. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, you know, with you being a barber, you know, you also seem like you into like fashion too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, tell me about that a little bit. Um. My mom was a fashionista. My grandmother was a fashionista. So, I mean, what do you expect for me to be um, as a mama's boy? Uh, so, I love fashion. Uh, she always told me dress to impress. You never know who you're going to meet. Same thing was instilled in me when I went to barber school. So, they tell you the same uh, guidelines. So, and, and, and true, you just never know. Um, celebrities come in, you know, you just never know. Um, I think that like you said, it boosts your self-esteem and makes you feel good. Even if you don't feel good, when you put on clothes, it just takes you to another level. You may not feel 100, but at least you feel better than what you initially did. Yeah. So, yeah, I just love fashion. It just, it just, I don't know, man. Yeah. And especially a tailor-made suit. It does something to me. Man, it does something to me, too. Just, right. you know, just to put that slim fit on. Right. And it just, you know, even as even when you know sisters, right? Prime example, sisters will find the dopest dress to wear. The I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> sisters will find the dopest dress to accentuate their curves. True. They want to show it off. They want to be sexy, right? True. So even as men, it's okay to wear tailor suits to show off, you know, show off the, the peak and yeah. things like that. It's cool to do that. Right. And I think too many times we didn't have to wear everything a little loose right. to kind of hide that and, and, and camouflage it. But it's like, nah, nah if I work for it, I'm going to show it. Right. You know? True. So <laughs> I, I'm, that's just, so I get it. I understand, man. Yeah. So it's dope that you, you really came from a generation of fashionistas who... Yeah taught you the game, but also, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they prepared you for a cultural stereotype that sometimes we wear as not being dressed to impress, not, not being, you know, attentive to the crowd and right, right. how we should conduct ourselves. And, right. you know, I think you debunked in that, you know, as far as the cultural I stereotype. That. Yeah. I think, uh, and I set the example because a lot of uh, my clients, they look up to me. Mm -hmm. So me showing them another way to put up the thing it's cool to wear your pants on your waist. It's cool to wear, um, um, you know, clothes that make you look like somebody, you know, um, instead of that hood mentality. And I grew up in the hood, but I'm just not hood, you know. I remember somebody told me, um, I tried to holler at this girl, and she said, um, I told her my name, and she was like, uh, you're the... Um, yeah, you're the, you're, I, I know who you are. Yeah, you're the bougie brother. You don't want to come outside. Because all my brothers, they would go outside and play with them. Okay. I really wouldn't. And it yeah. had nothing to do with them, but I knew my environment. So I was like, okay, yeah, let me uh, stay inside. Because I know it's out there, you know, all the, in, in the 90s, you know, it was really heavy and gun um, violence and um and gang activity. So, yeah, yeah but um, just give those, just to give those guys a positive influence. Um, so, and that's a part of the package. You have to be able to show them uh, uh, an example in a better way. Yeah. You know, you know, shout out to you just for how you conduct yourself, you know, out in the streets, man. You know, um, and I think one of the things that you talked about was really sticking to how you, how you conduct yourself and being able to teach other brothers how to do that. Mm -hmm. 
um, knowing that, hey, it's okay to be a bougie brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a bougie brother too. Right. I grew up in the hood, grew up where there was gang violence and gang activity and violence and all those things, but I wasn't a part of the same crowd. Mm -hmm. So it was right. easier to distance myself from certain people and just know, okay, I can say what's up to you and mm -hmm. connect with you and no beef, no no fit, no no fade, no right. nothing. Right. Good, no shade or anything, but. Right. But I just can't roll with you because I'm right. I'm trying to go somewhere different. Right. I don't even know where I'm going, but I know I ain't trying to go there. Say less. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely not the route I'm going. Nah, nah. I'm like, I can't, I can't do do jail. I can't. <laughs> For real. And, and growing up in a, in an area where I have three brothers, and all of them have been incarcerated for something other than a traffic ticket. And I've been incarcerated, but it was traffic tickets. Mm -hmm. And I knew I didn't want to go down for anything other than that. So, yeah, yeah I just I just made a conscious uh, decision. I remember, and I, I did get sucked in at one point. Um, I was maybe, you know, middle school. Uh, tried to be a blood. Freshman year, tried to be a crip. My brothers, they were crips. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, I looked at myself. I really had an epiphany. Just looking at myself, summer going to be a sophomore, I remember. And I said, I looked at myself and said, you're a buster. And uh, for y'all that don't know, buster, buster means you're a flip-flopper. You, you you tried to claim one, and you tried to claim the next, so yeah. you're a buster. So I told myself, I said, you're a buster. And uh, from then on, I said, let me try this pretty boy thing. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's, that's what a lot of guys in, um, uh, did. That was just another group of people yeah. uh, at the school. So I said, let me hang with that crowd. And so I did that, and it was the best thing I did because I made better decisions. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, because and if I didn't, I probably, I mean, wouldn't be here, you yeah. know, talking to you, so. Yeah, that's real. Man, that's real, man. Shout out to you, man. You know, doing it, you know? doing it. Out. He was kicking it with the pretty boys, man. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know that that meant that you you knew what, what path you didn't want to go down. Right. More importantly, so right. That was that was the right decision for sure. It was for sure, man. It was. It really was. So, man, you know, just appreciate everything you know as far as just letting us know who you are and just you know just getting the chance to get to know you a little bit better for sure man cool i appreciate that yes sir so just going back to it man uh you know that bar we all know that barbershops are you know the cornerstone of the community mm -hmm. right you know they serve its purpose in so many different ways mm -hmm. so you know tell me man what was your barber experience growing up you know something that really had you into the place where you said yeah i got i gotta get into this a little bit more you know, it's crazy because I really didn't have a moment like that. Um, it was just, and my aunt, where I went to get my hair cut, my aunt, she owned the shop, and uh, but she had so much clientele. I could never really get in, so I would go to another guy, but he was just as good. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'll go ahead and say just as good, yeah. <laughs> just as she, good? She was cold. She was cold. And she was an elderly lady. She had a ponytail, gray hair, and she was, she was, like really good at, at I think at sixty at that at that time yeah mm -hmm. so um, shout out to my aunt but um, I think my most gratifying moment because me as a barber I try to uh, and, and as a Gemini I'm intuitive yeah. so I'm always trying to learn because my job is to learn to be able to better assess my clients' issues because that you know, they always tell us their problems. For sure. So mm -hmm. my clients tell me their problems and I'm an advocate for marriage and I'm an advocate for uh, 
uh, parents staying together and, and um, training the kids up the way they're supposed to be or yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this one client. He literally, it almost brought tears to my eyes, but you know, they tell us as men not to cry. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've adopted that principle to where I feel like uh, when I want to cry, I can't cry. I just don't cry. Just, just don't it, do it. I, it, one tear <laughs> almost came down, but but it, I held back. Just held, I held, held back I held from back. <laughs> but he told me, he said, "Man, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have graduated." Mm. And man, you don't know what they did to me because then that let me understand that this is my purpose. Uh, I was was told growing up that I was going to be a preacher, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was like. I don't believe you. You know, most of us don't believe what they uh, assess us to be or say we're going to be. Absolutely. So I said. It's like, I don't want that in North right, Don't put right, that I'm on like, me. Yeah, I'm in these streets. I'm like, right. I'm in these streets. I'm not going uh, to be no preacher. No. Nah. But um, I feel like the barber uh, chair is my altar mm-hmm. in my pulpit. And I get to preach life into my clients. Um, so when he told me that, yeah, that that let me know that this was my purpose and that, um, like, again, even though it's not in the pulpit at the church, this is my altar, this is my pulpit, and I I really try and, and um, teach my clients the best way. I mean, you know, I don't push myself on them, but if they ask me questions, mm-hmm. but, well, I, I will say, yeah, I do push myself on them because if, <laughs> if I get in a teaching moment, a mood, it's on. It's it's a wrap from the, from the beginning of your haircut to the end. I'm a talk and I'm a preach. So <laughs> so yeah. I mean it's, yeah. But I love my yeah. job. I love my job uh, for for that reason alone. It is the main reason I love my job. For sure. Yeah. For sure. You get to connect with so many different people in so many walks of life. Yeah. So based on your walks of life and experiences, you get to be able to use this altar to be able to preach down to sure. your clients and say, look, these are the different things that I've experienced. Sure. You know, you're gonna make your own decision regardless, but at least you got some type of experience to back up what you about to do. Right. You know, so, you know, I think that's real big. And, and we come to barbers, we come to hairstylists and, you know, people in the beauty industry because we know that y'all have experienced a lot of things and that you've also can tap from other people who have experienced things that come that's to I you too. I teach my daughter through other people's experiences. I'm always telling her, this is what, I, I try to use it as close related as uh, like my siblings, mm-hmm. somebody that she knows. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what happened. Don't do this because this will, this will be the outcome or this, this will, is what will happen. So, and it's worked out so far. She's very receptive to the things I say. So yeah. that's kind of how I train or teach her. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's the, how, how old is your daughter, by the way? She's 15. 15, okay. Yeah, she's a freshman uh, at Lamar. Okay, okay. Yeah. Man, that's dope, man. <laughs> Shout out to you. Got, got, a, got a 15-year-old, man. I do, I do. Man, yeah. hey, them girls, man, we hold them to- they real close, man. Real we tight. We do, we do. And it you sucks because all the dirt we did. <laughs> all the dirt we Listen. did. And we and man, and we showed it to them. <laughs> and we try and make sure that they don't meet a man that was like us in our younger years. Man. Because I was hell. Man, I, was I was too. Hell. Dang. Yeah. Man. I'm telling you, I get it, man. I was hell too. Yeah. You know, and you know, we we, we like that. Yeah. It's, it's that dog in us. Yeah. And we don't want our daughters to 
even experience even some of the things that we did, right. you, know, right. you know. So, I mean, the best thing we can do is even as the Bible says, we train up the child to do as they should go in the True. way that they should go. True. And they won't depart from it. So I think it's real that we continue to do that. Yeah. And they'll make the right decision just based off of how we teach them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest is up to, to God on you right. know, how things play out. Right. You know, so but I definitely don't stress myself. Yeah. I try and make sure I did the uh, teach her the best way I can and let her make her own decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. So just thinking about about something that you touched on, you touched about touched on how marriage is important to you, how family is important to you. I want to go a little bit deeper and talk about black families and black marriages, right? What I have noticed even in our community is that our community is is weakened because parents are splitting up because it's a lot of single mothers out here that's taking care of children, even specifically boys, and there's not a lot of the discipline factor in there. There's mm-hmm. not the masculinity part, so that's that's lost mm-hmm. in translation, even when it comes to how a father connects with his son and with his daughter. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things that are missing, the different dynamics that's missing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think we can do as far as a community to change some of these things that have plagued our community as far as staying well, together and all those things. Well, I can say, I can start out by saying this. Uh, like I said, I'm intuitive, so I'm always trying to learn different things. Uh, it just said uh, we went up to 73% of uh, two-parent households as of recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just posted it on my page, uh, I think, last week, either earlier this week or late last week. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that we all, we all know what slavery did. It changed uh, the roles. It put us in the back and the, um, and the woman as the uh, head to uh, raise the kids. Uh, if, if you've ever read Willie Lynch's um, uh, letters, then it'll really give you perspective on what was done. So, and it's crazy because I asked my clients, have you ever heard of Willie Lynch? Mm-hmm. Man, you'll be surprised the answer of so many people that have never heard of him. Really? Man, it's just crazy. And it's it's due to a failure in the school system, but it's also due to a failure in us as parents because right. we're not intuitive enough to learn about our history and learn what was done to us and learn even about our culture in Africa to even be able to properly teach our kids. Right. So first of all, we have to get the roles to be reversed. Uh, a man by design is a provider. A woman by design is a nurturer. So when you understand these things, you have to learn, women have to learn, learn men, men have to learn women. We have to, there's a pre-genetic uh, uh, predisposition that's in us, we can't help it. So when we align ourselves in those roles, then the, the family structure will get back like it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and it takes time, and it sucks, man. Cause mm-hmm. just as long as it took three to four hundred years for um, as we were enslaved for three hundred to four hundred years, it's gonna take that maybe even longer to undo what was done. Yeah. So this is a psychological thing, and they play it well. They play the game well. So we in turn have to learn psychology and learn how to reverse it. Mm-hmm. So, but but the main thing will be. 
we have to relish in our roles and and play them well and once we do that everything will start to fall self-examination is 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 critical yeah um i remember uh just for um my future uh, wife she we're engaged mm-hmm. congratulations um, thank you thank yes, you sir i remember she asked me a question years ago and she said um if we didn't have a child together would you still marry me and i said no and i elaborated and said because you're not the same woman I met. My what I look for in a woman is uh, spirituality first. It, it's a lot more, but my main three are spirituality, ambition, and uh, family oriented. Mm-hmm. Because if you align yourself, I'm Hebrew, by the way. Okay. Um, if you align yourself under under uh, uh, God's law, mm-hmm. man, it and abide by that. And we sinners, we are we we gonna all fall short. It's, you know, this, that's understood. Right. Mm-hmm. But try your best to align yourself with his word. Man, I promise you, it'll work out in your favor. So mm-hmm. she says, uh, I told her, I said, she just wasn't ambitious. She was changing jobs. And for the longest, I don't know, maybe a year, she didn't work. So I paid a lot. I paid all the bills anyway. Mm-hmm. But I paid some of her, like a car note or insurance. or Some of the things that she was initially supposed to take care of on her own, mm-hmm. I ended up taking care of it. I'm like, I'm already paying all the bills. God, dog, I got to take care of you too like that? I'm like, sheesh. <laughs> so, man, when I tell you she got in the word, and it took a while, but I gradually seen a progression. Right. And that changed. And I saw, as the time went on, I saw her spirit. She got more in alignment with her role as a mother and as a woman. And I was like, heck yeah. Yeah. I could see myself marrying her now. At the end of the day, beauty, money, a lot of these things that are fleeting bears nothing when it comes to a man's peace. Of course. When a man has peace, that's what he desires most. Mm-hmm. So I don't care how fine you are. How fine? Nothing. None of that matters. So she aligned herself. And I, I think it was uh, the year before last I got engaged and um, and um, I was supposed to get married this July. Um, but I think Congratulations, that, man. Thank you. Big thank time. you. I really, I, and I'm an advocate for fa- for family. Yeah. I grew, I grew, I grew up in Eastwood. Okay. Uh, I don't know if people know what that is, but it's in Fort Worth. Um, and people, I see a lot of Hispanics moving in on my block. Mm-hmm. And they have the family structure down packed. The people two houses down from me, they, um, it's like the whole family. Mm-hmm. And the kids are grown because they're like my age and they yeah. still live there. Yeah. And I don't know what that's about. But <laughs> I'm just saying, one of my homeboys told me the biggest bank accounts that he sees mm-hmm. is Hispanics. Mm-hmm. And he said because they all compile their money, they all put it together. And that's what we need and to they do. do. And gifting, too. Yeah. They, they gift all back to each other. Whenever yeah. there's a need, the whole family puts up for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not something that's common in our community. Right. We we are taken from one another. The black American. Not yeah. the African. Not the African. The black American. we got to look at these other communities and cultures and ethnicities and just take heed to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. we got to start doing it. And which is the main thing I said initially, uh, living uh, in your role, mm-hmm. 
when you live in your role, then we can flourish like these other ethnicities and cultures. Right. Communities. That's real. Yeah. I like that, man. That's good. Good. Hey, spoken by a true man who knows his community, his history, and he knows his worth over here, man. Shout out to you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, man, I got a couple of questions just to ask you just about, you know, what you do and just you being a master barber and groomer, right? Okay. So, how did you get into the barbershop business? I, um, it was by default. Mm. I was cutting hair, um, at home. Then I lost my job, went to barber school. I just, so to, 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 um, backtrack a little bit. I used to always go to the barbershop maybe like once a month. Okay. So I needed a haircut. I was, you know, I thought I was fly. Yeah. So I wanted a haircut more consistently. <laughs> so I would go to my uh, cousin up the street, and a lot of times when he wasn't didn't want to be bothered, I would have to cut my hair myself. Okay. I was like, okay, well, he's in the other room. He can fix it. But I'm not going to wait all day for him to cut my hair. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how I got started. Um, and I got good. I started cutting my own hair. I was walking to the park one day. A guy says, uh, he was a little, he was a younger guy. He said, hey man, who cuts your hair? I said, myself? He said, man, can you do me one? I said, yeah, I got you. <laughs> so boom, next thing you know, I'm like cutting up the whole hood. Yeah. You know? So then from there, I uh, was in and out of different jobs. Just, just didn't really like the jobs I had, you know? Mm -hmm. Changing jobs, just changing them. And so went to finally went to barber school, and it worked out for me. I mean, I love what I do. Yeah, yeah. Doing it up big too, cause I'm you've trying. been in it what seventeen years now. Seventeen years. Yeah, man, seventeen years right here. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's been sticking for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big thing too. Yeah. You know, and since you've been in the game for seventeen years, but you know, you're working for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, what does it mean to you to be a black entrepreneur? It means a lot. Um, you know, there's everybody's not going to want to own their own business or be an entrepreneur. And that's that's understood. And that's OK. You know, sometimes a lot of people want a safety blanket because stepping out, being an entrepreneur, uh, you, you, you don't get any paid time off. Mm -hmm. So you have to work. Um, and I work. Mm -hmm. Six days a week. So yeah, um, I think I think all black families should be backed by um, a LLC. I believe they should be backed by um, uh, insurance, and you definitely need a will. There's a lot of other components that you need, but those essentially, because that's how you pass down generational wealth yeah. through those avenues. The America is is a business. We're, we're a capitalistic country. Mm -hmm. Who gets all the breaks? Who's winning? Companies. Get your LLC, black people. Get your LLC. It's essential for you uh, winning the game. Because this is all a game. And you got to learn how to play it. So do that. And I promise you, just the, the chips will align where they may once you get those things um, that I mentioned um, underway. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have to get an LLC. Mm-hmm. You have to be backed by something that, some sort of ownership over your family, yeah. as you mentioned. Yeah. Getting an LLC, even if you are not business savvy, it doesn't take away from the fact that if you ever need business credit, mm-hmm. if you ever need to be educated on this LLC, mm-hmm. or if you ever need to get a certification if you're a minority, there's the minority business uh um, enterprise, uh, you know, um, certification is the, I think it's the minority business women's enterprise. There's different a- avenues that you can have because you just never know what may happen in this economy. If you f- have just a job where someone's paying you, True. you know, you have to have multiple streams of income to, like Damien said, um, generate, um, uh, to do to promote generational wealth excuse me yes um, so if you want to cultivate that within your family you know to build generational wealth you have to be able to take certain avenues building the llc's investing in stocks you Definitely. know have to do that yes you know if you're if you're wearing the products like nike and you know polo and all those things you need to invest in it look at yeah. stocks and dividends yeah. you know and start seeing you can get paid once a quarter Right. To, you know, to be able to invest in stocks. So it's different avenues, like you said, that we can start looking at. Right. From a business aspect. You know how many people won out the PVP loans because they had businesses? Mm. And I know for sure anything 20000 uh and under, they forgave it. Mm-hmm. So people got $20,000 and then some people ran it back. They got another twenty, and they forgave them. And they got that money to either start their business or either help propel their business to the next level. Yeah. So it's, it's man, it's essential that us as black people get um, LLCs to back our to back our families. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. You know, even this type of information um, that that you know you giving out, you know, you dropping gems on us on mm-hmm. just from a business aspect. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that I've heard is that people hoard information because they don't want to see someone else succeed. Mm-hmm. So has that happened to you in, in any case where someone has withheld information from you to stop you from elevating from where you were trying to go? They don't withhold information, but they definitely try and make it seem like it's very hard to do. Okay. Uh, I tried to start a trucking business um, a few years, five years ago. And um, and I was asking questions uh, to this guy who owned his, his trucking company already. And so he was like, yeah, man, but it's hard. It's this, that, and the other. You got so much paperwork to fill out. Nothing is easy. Mm-hmm. But it's not as hard as you're making it seem. Yeah. And I felt like that was a, a, a mechanism or a way to, as a deterrent, to, to get me not to go forth with my uh, idea. But... I finally uh, bought me an 18-wheeler last year. That's what's up, man. <laughs> Congratulations. So, yeah. so, I'm going to make it do what it do. Yes, sir. Yeah. Got your 18-wheeler out yeah. here. So now you got to get a driver. You yeah. got to get some yeah. routes on, under not, your belt and everything. Yeah. But that's and possible. Not, and it's not that hard like people no. uh, uh, will try and tell you as a deterrent to keep you from excelling in life. Right. So, yeah. And that's a multiple stream of income right there. Yeah. You can have somebody even rent a truck out for you know right. to do whatever they may do. They may need just the truck to do demos. Right. And you can just make a quick. I, I've heard in some cases even if there's trucks that are had just for, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. You may have a demo truck mm-hmm. that that someone needs to rent out for the day. Mm-hmm. Now here it is. I'm gonna invest 
$12,000 into a demo truck mm -hmm. just to buy it outright. And I know that I'm not going to get that ROI immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. But maybe one day there's a demo job mm -hmm. cost $3,500. Mm -hmm. And one, one job cost mm -hmm. $3,500. Mm -hmm. So you get a few of those just mm -hmm. depending on you know, the amount of time and, mm -hmm. and, you know, those types of things. There's so many demo trucks that you could choose from, mm -hmm. but you could still get yours marketed and yeah. and still get that money back pretty quick. Yeah. So I feel you, man. It's all about still pushing no matter yeah. how hard somebody may make it seem. Yeah. It's still a way around it. Nothing comes easy. Right. Nothing. Like I said. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's real. It's real. Dropping gems, man. Dropping gems. <laughs> hey, we in the chair with Damien tonight. <laughs> you know, I could go home. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we need that. We need him. <laughs> man, that's that's dope, though, man. So, being a barber for over seventeen years, what's been one of the most rewarding things about your gig? Man, now that I do man units, you know, I I I, I said earlier, which was uh, that. Uh, that I helped that guy uh, graduate school. But man, I think this, uh, it's tough. I think this might <laughs> trump it though. <laughs> so anyway, so what happened was, he's a uh, hmm, 50 something year old man. He comes in, he wants a man unit. Um, you familiar with a man unit? Yep, Okay. absolutely. So I give him a man, a man unit. Mm -hmm. And when I showed him the mirror, he was like, he was just cheesing like the Joker from ear to ear. <laughs> he was cheesing. He was like, wow, Damien, I haven't heard her since high school. Mm. He said, I had a ponytail. He said, and after high school, my hair fell out. I think, And I think it was shortly after. I think it was maybe like 19 or maybe still probably 18. Right. His hair uh, started falling out. Mm. And he was like, I haven't had her since high school. And, and, and that... Boosting his self-esteem, telling me how his wife loves it, how people, his interactions with people in public, telling him how nice his hair looks. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I think that might, that might have trumped it. Yeah, <laughs> that might have trumped it. So That's dope. I, I love uh, building self-esteem. Yeah. Because self-esteem, man, you could, you could be depressed. Yeah. But... If somebody is, uh, in my case, if I'm able to boost somebody's um, self-esteem, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that speaks volumes. That's right. That speaks volumes, you know. And it's so crazy because a lot of people talk down on the man unit. Y'all out here uh, <laughs> hat fishing and all this other hat stuff. Fishing. Yeah, yeah. You know, people want to wear the hats and stuff. And I'm like, I like. Whatever, I don't care. I don't care if women want to uh, get breast augmentations. I don't care if they want to enhance their breasts. I don't care if they want to enhance their butts. If it makes you feel good, I don't care. Do what you do to make your self-esteem rise. Too many people, uh, suicide is still high. Yeah, of course. And, and, it, and it's, it, it had became, at one point, higher in the black community. Mm -hmm. So if, if I can, that's my artwork on the wall. You know, I, I like it yeah, too, man. Yeah. So these I are my clients. You know, I love what I do. So, yeah, yeah. It's dope in here too, man. Yeah. It, you know, for those who can't see, Damien has um, a lot of footage and a lot of different photos of, of his clients. So these are like definitely handcrafted and definitely um, handmade photography that he's done himself. It's really dope just seeing a lot of the images. Two men are just brothers that, you know, you could tell us some 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 A plus clients for sure, man. Right. So it's 
It's dope in here, man, for sure. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Yes, sir. Hey, man, we, we in Club Damien tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you say on Harlem Nights? The, the Boom Boom Room? The Boom Boom yeah. Room. <laughs> we in the Boom Boom Room here in Arlington, Texas. Yeah. It, it goes down in the Boom Boom yeah. Room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to do a quick pause. All I'm doing is scrolling down, and okay. we're going to keep it moving. So my man, so you know, one of the things that I'll, I'll touch on is self care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. You've been working a lot. You've been in the game for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, you've added different things and different types of services over the years. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So how do you focus on self care when you work six days a week? It's a, it's a struggle. It's tough, but um, I know it's essential. I know it's needed. My uh, my pops. Uh, he passed away on three heart attacks in two years. Mm, he was 63 mm. when he passed. Yeah, so uh, I was about a buck 80 mm -hmm. when I graduated. Uh, and I'm about I'm about 205 to 210 uh, now. Uh, people, people would think I'm bigger, but nah, <laughs> and, uh, I just, I just. That's that it. clean eating. That's what that you know is. What I, just, I just hit it hard. But yeah, yeah man, I, uh, and due to my fate, I um, we have dietary loss, so I don't mm -hmm. eat pork. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very minimum on my beef. I eat a lot of chicken and fish. Okay. Uh, I try to eat clean for the most part. When I first started my journey of working out, um, I would eat whatever foot long. Uh, yeah. You know, I was eating pork. I was eating whatever. <laughs> eating whatever. <laughs> and so, and then after just time progressed, I was like, you know what? I wanna, I wanna really take heed in my health um, because. Of course, you know, in the black community, we do have high blood pressure, diabetes, all these different uh, health issues. Yeah. And so I just I want to be 80 at least before I pass, you know, so my daughter can really get the full experience of her father. Right. Uh, and I and I as well get the full experience of her having grandkids. My dad never got to see me have a grandkid yeah. uh, or a child. Um, so after working. All those hours in a day, I'm tired, but I still go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I force myself because I know it's um, needed. I know it's a necessity, and I force myself to go work out. That's what's up. So that's how I do it. Hey, yeah, that's real self care, man. Yeah, I can totally relate. I um, I always call the gym my sanctuary uh -huh. because that's where I can just. Just be myself. Yeah. It's, I could take all the hats off. Yeah. Husband, father, friend, coworker. I could take all those hats off. Yeah. And I could just get down and dirty in the yeah. gym, man. It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very therapeutic. Um, and it's so funny. The gym I go to, it seems like, here it is. I want to just work out. I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. Mm -hmm. But... For whatever reason, people want to stop and talk to you. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> I don't want to talk right, right now. Right. I literally just want to do this hour and a half workout. If yeah. I can get through it in an hour and a half, cool. Yeah. I got to take two hours because you want to stop and talk and yeah. see what's going on. Right. Then I'm a little frustrated right. at that point. Right. But but at the same time, that's good self-care, man. Yeah. It, it definitely releases a lot of stress. Yeah. You know, based on what we do and then being fathers and mm -hmm. stuff. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's big time. I even um, I just said I wanted to present myself 
as the best version of myself for my future wife. I even got braces. So me and my daughter are going through this braces going journey. Going through the braces journey yeah, together. Man. <laughs> so, yeah, That's what's up. I'm just trying to just make, we, we, this is our avatar that yeah. we were blessed with and we just need to take care of it. That's it, man. So, yeah. We do have to present us, make ourselves presentable, always look presentable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I just feel like, look, it, if God gave this to me, I'm going to do the best I can with it. Might as well. If it means I'm going to better myself, same thing. I yeah. got it, like adult braces yeah. and stuff. So I get it, man. It's, if God gives it to you, why not take care of it? True. You know, you, you know, he blessed us with the temple. So let's yes, he did. Let's take care of it best way we know how so we yeah. can age life fine <laughs> wine up in here. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to age life fine wine, time. bro. My younger clients, yeah. they do not believe I'm 40. They don't even believe it. No, they don't believe it. <laughs> it's hilarious, too. But it's yeah. cool. Yeah, I man. I mean, it. you do look you do look kind of young. I'm 35. So, okay. So you, you, you could definitely pass my age or less, for yeah. sure. Oh, Same yeah. Less. Good. Absolutely. Good. That's what I like to hear. All right. So the next part of the show is called In the Chair. So, man, In the Chair is going to be pretty dope, all right? Let you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's real dope, man. It's real dope. Okay. So so the premise around in the chair is similar to the hot seat, right? Okay. So what I'll do is give you a series of questions. We'll just ask you real quick, you know, is it this or this? And you just answer first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. We'll, we'll give you about 45 seconds. Okay. <laughs> just to reply to these. And I'm okay. telling you, it's real chill. It's just just for the viewers to just get to know you a little bit better and things like that. So okay. nothing too, too big. All right? Okay. Okay, cool. All right. J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar? Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Yeah. What's one thing that makes you uncomfortable? One thing that makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. That's a good one. First thing. Um. Uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Pat, we got to pass. We got to go to the next one. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Dark liquor or light liquor? Dark. Grandma, you my favorite. Okay. All right. Um, Lakers or Celtics? Lakers because I'm a LeBron fan. <sighs> I don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> we gonna, we just gonna keep going. We gonna keep going with this one. D'Angelo or Neo? That's a good one. Woo! I'm gonna go with Neo. Okay. I like them both, but I'm gonna go with Neo. That was a close one, right? I think Neo got more hits. Neo has more hits. Yeah. But D'Angelo has more soul. I, I knew I was gonna go with the Neo soul, but I don't mm. know. I like them both. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with it. Okay. Cowboys or Redskins? By default, I'm a Cowboy fan. They even though they piss me off. See, spoken from a, a diehard Cowboy fan right here. He, <laughs> you, you see, see how he got. I look. And then on, now it's starting to tie. Now it's tying together. Now <laughs> he want to wear. He want to wear Jerry Jones blue tonight. <laughs> That's what we doing. Yeah, we yeah. out here wearing wearing Jerry's suit. This is Jerry's suit. He done borrowed tonight. Hey, somebody tag Jerry. <laughs> For real. Somebody tag Jerry. And we need some of Jerry's money too. To say less. Real talk. Yeah. But so you were you were sitting next to an avid Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm from Philly. 
And so we rivals. We are rivals in a big way. You did beat us both times this year. Yeah. However, the playoff game that we had, we were supposed to lose that game. I agree. Y'all were supposed to win that game. There's what? no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Y'all had Dak had two. He had two interceptions, I believe. Then okay. he had a boneheaded quarterback draw with 14 seconds left in the game. It was definitely bone. You needed 20 seconds at minimum to be able to get up to the line. Yeah. You cannot blame the ref that bumped him, right. even though I'm surprised that he made it out alive. Right. I'm very surprised. But you can't put that all on the refs. But this segment, this part we're talking about, we're editing that out, right? We're not bashing the Cowboys right now. <laughs> <laughs> he said we got to edit this because we're not, we're not doing we're this tonight. See, we didn't gone past in the chair and got straight into a Cowboys yeah. and the Eagles rivalry. This is, right. I mean, look, this is a safe place here in the Locks Lounge. We, we just talk about anything that just right. comes up to mind. So. Cool, cool. All right, so my last question is tied to uh, to women. Women in in high heels or women in tennis shoes slash Jordans? I love heels. I'm about walking on uh, uh, tippy toes. Just <laughs> do something to me. <laughs> I ain't going to front. I'm, so I'm a fan of the heels. But you like sneakers? Being from where I'm from, the sea. From Philly. Yo. Oh, oh, y'all wear a lot yo, of sneakers out there? Yeah, let me tell you, man. So I'm actually engaged, too. Okay. I get, we get married on 222. Oh, so the date. Save the date. Up. Save the date, right? Okay. And she was born in Jersey, but we, we, we was raised in Baltimore. So okay. we met in high school, right? But she so but she got that hood in her though. Mm -hmm. So she likes when she wear them sneakers, <laughs> bro. It turns me on like yeah. like none other. Yeah. Like the heels would be cool. She rocked that. Yeah. But when I tell you she throw them tennis shoes on, them yeah. Jays on them Air Max nineties. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, you can come to bed with them shoes on. Actually, <laughs> for real. <laughs> I'm just I keeping it a buck with I, you, bro. I, I I'm just keeping it a buck you. with you. The, the, I, the tennis shoes is for me. I get That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, see, they learned something about you too. See, they did. Yeah. Because I don't think y'all knew that. Y'all ain't know. <laughs> Mr. Locks Lounge likes the ladies in the tennis shoes, but only one lady. She know who she is. Yeah. I'll be home later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm crazy, y'all. Don't even worry about it. And now Damien probably like, he's never allowed back because he's crazy. <laughs> nah, like, it's wild. Well. <laughs> you said it's a safe place. It's a safe place. Safe place, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, we talked about things about in the chair, man. Mm -hmm. So, and we also, you know, tied a little bit into, you know, love and relationship portion of just like where we are in life man mm -hmm. so i'm gonna bring up a, something a little controversial we talked about okay since it is a safe safe space okay, okay? you mentioned polygamy earlier mm -hmm. right now in my opinion with even you know how culture was in the past and mm -hmm. just the understanding of it and how even new testament changed it into a different perspective mm -hmm. i i believe that Everybody should have their right to choose how they live their life. Mm -hmm. But you do have, a, you know, any any type of person, man or woman for that matter, mm -hmm. who may not see it that way. Mm -hmm. Tell me what your thoughts are on it. Uh, well, I can say 
growing up in a uh, Christian home, Kojic, Church of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's not allowed. Mm-hmm. That's forbidden. But I'm Hebrew, um, and it's allowed. You're not uh, subjected to one, um, you or the other. You can, you have a choice of monogamy or polygamy. They're not for everybody, mm-hmm. you know. But in the aspect that I look at it of is for generational uh, wealth building purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people say that, but they just want to do it for sexual purposes. Right. Um, I really, I really do believe that that's going to help get us back on the track of uh, generational generational wealth and wealth building. Mm-hmm. I mean, to each his own. It's not for everybody. I'm not pushing it on everybody. Um, but I do believe that everybody has a choice mm-hmm. to live their life the way they want to live it. Absolutely. So, so, and I'm of the same premise of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. While polygamy may not be my personal choice, mm-hmm. but it also is an understandable and respectful choice mm-hmm. for whoever decides to live that that particular way. Mm-hmm. And it and I actually like what you said about how it's not just tied to a man wanting to sow sow his royal oats mm-hmm. or anything for that matter. It's more so about generational wealth building to getting us back on a particular track. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah, it really because there are, there are different kinds. You have where there are a man and a woman who has another wife who will, they are all interact sexually. But mm-hmm. then you have some who the woman doesn't, she's not interested in another woman, she's just interested in you. Mm-hmm. So there's no, I guess, if you know, girl on girl action. For sure. The, the, for, you know, the easiest way I could put it. Yeah, so Absolutely. it's on you, however you want to conduct it. Uh, and of course, it's agreed upon because it's a it's a marriage and True. it's a connection and it's not only a connection but it's still it, it's still a, a partnership at the end True. of the day. True. And yeah. to what you said earlier, you know, a lot of us live our lives under uh, the new law, mm-hmm. but as Hebrews, we don't. We live under the old law, mm-hmm. um, and to each his own. It's a book. You govern yourself how you want to govern it under the guidelines of the book. Mm-hmm. So, You're right. That's what free will is for. All right. So um, I agree with you whole, wholeheartedly with that. A lot of people govern themselves over the old law. Muslims. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a client yesterday about that. Um, and, you know, even with the way they want their uh, women to dress, same way we do, too. Um, but, but, but I don't push it on. If you want to cover your head, um, you can. Um, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's how you want to go about it as long as we know who is our uh, um, um, savior and who 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 is in charge right so you know you know I'm gonna live my life the way I want to live it as long as I'm not hurting anyone and I'm excelling my family for sure so I um I wholeheartedly agree with you on that man Mm -hmm. everyone has a different path that they decide to choose and it doesn't look the same for every person. True. 
So I respect it. Yeah. You know, my daughter even knows. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing that I'm hiding. You know, she knows it is what it is. You know, and that's respect. We, we, we tell her you're a Hebrew woman. It's your choice. If you are okay with it, that's fine. If you're not, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. You choose to live your life the way you want to live it. That's so, but we give her an option. And that's that's what parents is about, right? right. You got to give them the options, right. you know, and and not not shield them from one way of thinking. That's I think that's where a lot of traumatizing situations in the, in the black community have happened where it's like you, you only have one way to do it and it's my way the way that I deem best for you or mm -hmm. think that it's deemed best for you as opposed to really not understanding any other perspective true so I think that's I think we're like a different generation where we starting to kind of understand it the generation that we're in now um, I think is that we're in a great place um, we're we're getting away from westernized civilization and way of thinking. Mm -hmm. We're going back to our way of thinking as African descendants or African people. So that's good to see. It's taken a long time, but I see that we're getting in a in that place. Of uh, I follow this woman, uh, uh, Shahrazad Ali, mm -hmm. and she's a Muslim. Okay. And she's really good at her teachings. And you have to keep in context of when she, uh, if, you, if, you, if you guys look her up, Shaharazad Ali, mm -hmm. you have to keep in context of how, uh, of when it was written, uh, or when a lot of these interviews took place when she was younger, was in the 90s. Okay. So, so you have to keep that in context. But overall, I love her message. Um, and she's about us understanding one another as far as men understanding the women and the women understanding the men. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's real, man. That's yeah. real. And what's her name again? Shahrazad Ali. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to look her up. Yeah. So I can pull some of the zen and the, the words of wisdom yeah, yeah. from her. Yeah. It's all about being intuitive and learning people. Now, you may not agree with everything she says, but you still, to hear her perspective, is cool. You know? Yeah. So that's what we need to be open to, be open-minded to other people's perspectives and the way... Uh, their belief systems so yeah absolutely so one question I, I would have just a different off-topic question about the barbershop okay what's one thing that's off-limits to talk about in the barbershop man I don't know I don't think we have any limits <laughs> we talk about everything yeah yeah that's real okay Okay. <laughs> well, man, you know, it's definitely been great just learning a lot about you tonight, man. You know, just learning about your evolution from, you know, from childhood on where you uh, started cutting and mm -hmm. started cutting in the hood. And then now, you, you know, 17 years later, just being a master barber and groomer, man. So right. just learning a lot about you, man. So appreciate that, yeah. man. It was good sharing my story with you guys. Yes, man. At yes, least so far, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been mad dope, and you know, of course, we got to have you back in the lounge. You know, have a good time. I, yeah, I'm enjoying this, so I'll be back. Oh man, appreciate it. Good, man. Hey, it's a natural right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, before you go, man, um, here at the Locks Lounge, we where we are living to overcome cultural stereotypes. Let us know what advice you could give someone to, you know, pretty much. Uh, overcome a particular cultural stereotype that they may face it sucks man you know that we live in a society where that exists I have a lot of uh, uh, clients and I talk to them 
about race, um, about even learning about some of them. Uh, I have a Hispanic client, or he's Mexican, and we talk about a lot of um, uh, of, of stereotypes regarding the Mexican. And I'm like, he's like, man, we're just like everybody else. We have Mexicans that don't want to see other Mexicans succeed. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I thought all Mexicans want each other to succeed. <laughs> I was like, heck no. Nah. He's like, no, man. And so he gave me a story. And I was like, wow. And as I talked to other uh, ethnicities and other cultures, and then I'm like, everybody's the same. Mm -hmm. Everybody's the same. We just, we just, you feel comfortable with somebody that looks like you. Mm -hmm. And then when it's somebody that doesn't, you tend to believe the stereotypes, typically, primarily because you probably don't have that other cultures as a friend or you may only see them at work mm -hmm. so i get it but um as far as the black community i think that there's a narrative about us and it sucks because when i when i'm in a suit i get perceived a certain way mm -hmm. uh when i wear my urban wear and, and my chain mm -hmm. uh, i get perceived a certain, certain way, too. way. <laughs> so i think i think you can never really uh, i think we're never going to really overcome it because it's so deeply rooted and embedded in America. Um, but I can say, stay positive, uh, present yourself in a manner that you want people to perceive you, because um, you know it's gonna be there. Right. It's always gonna be there. Trying to uh, be well-versed in certain topics, try to um, pronunciate, be articulate when you talk. I mean, and these are things that should have been taught, you know, even if it wasn't, learn it, you know. So at best, that would be my advice. Yeah. 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 I like that. Really being able to how to once again, like conducting yourself. Yeah. How to conduct yourself. Yeah. Um, just having that self-respect. Yeah. You know, for yourself. So how you view yourself is how others view you. Exactly. So, yeah. It all starts from within. True. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that, man. Man, I just want to thank you once again just for sharing so much valuable insight, you know, um, in your expertise, your business, even, you know, even tapping into some of your personal things, too, man. Yeah. So yeah. definitely appreciate that. was a big that. one, too, because, um, you know, a lot of times I want to hold stuff in, but I'm getting older, and it is what it is. You know, I want to hold. I, I just want to live free. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well. You're doing it, man. I'm trying. Well, you know, my thing also is really about getting people on is really to bring more people into, you know, your space. Yeah. So that people can, you know, uh, come get the, the services, the experience of, you know, where you're at, man. So and it's dope in here, too, y'all. Hey, it's, it's, dope it's mad here. dope in here, yeah. man. It's It really has like a classic modern feel to it, yeah. you know, which is why we had to do it up in here. It's real yeah. dope, man. Yeah. So he's got it nicely, nicely shaved for you guys, man. It's really nicely shaped yeah. in here, man. So, you know, where can people find you on social media? Um, my uh, business page is Damien uh, Henderson. Okay. Uh, my full name, D-A-M-I-U-N Henderson. Um, you'll see my work. I think I have pictures of the shop. Uh, we give complimentary drinks to our clients. Uh, 
definitely a two drink maximum because you know we don't need you coming in here trying to get drunk so <laughs> so yeah two drink max right hey well at least you can get a little something while you wait yeah you know you can watch a little tv whatever's on the tv hey you know if you got to get under the dryer yeah you can get under the dryer but most of all you'll just have a great ambiance with a great guy for sure right so yeah, it's, it's definitely a good time here. So uh, I believe the address here is 1601 East Lamar Boulevard in Arlington, right? That's it. Perfect. That's it. So you can definitely come over. Uh, and what's the full name of the shop that, that people can visit? Uh, it's FB3 Barber Lounge. Uh, okay. Four Barbers by Barbers. There it is. FB3 Barber Lounge. Four Barbers by Barbers. Yeah. Boom. Hey, so yeah, come check us out right over here, Mr. Damian Henderson. At 1601 East Lamar Boulevard here in Arlington, Texas. Hey, check him out. He's he's one of the uh, the first one to the right, right? Right. That's me. That's it. All right, man. So thank you so much for being on tonight. Thank you Appreciate for you, man. Me. Yes, sir. So thank you again for joining us here at the Locks Lounge with your host Tim Nicholas. Please make sure that you like, share, and follow us at Locks Lounge Podcast at IG, Facebook. Twitter, and YouTube, where we are living to overcome cultural stereotypes. Be blessed. Have a good night.